From Revenue Rhino, I'm Brad Hammond, and this is the Lifelong Customer Podcast. We're interviewing successful sales and marketing leaders and discussing ways in which they're building lifelong relationships with their customers. Welcome to the Lifelong Customer Podcast. I'm your host, Brad Hammond, and today I have Sushil from Onyx Health. It's so nice to have you on. How are you doing today? I am living the dream, Brad. Thanks for having me on this podcast. Really looking forward to this. Absolutely. I'm looking forward to today's discussion, too. So to kick us off, can you tell me a bit about yourself and who you are, as well as your company and what you guys are doing? Absolutely. So to start with, my name is Sushil Ladva. It's a difficult first name. So the easiest way to remember and pronounce it is it's like sushi and eel, put them together. And that's never failed me, Brad, because whichever meeting I walk into, I pronounce it that way. I introduce myself that way. When we walk out, everybody remembers my name. In terms of the background, I would say I'm a dad, husband, son, CEO of Onyx Health, and an entrepreneur. So that's that's a little bit about me, but a lot of background in the IT space. So I started my career in the IT space close to about 25 years ago. I worked at a place called Wipro, helped them build their healthcare practice. And after that, I was with EDS, got acquired by HP. So post HP, I had a fairly good role at IBM. I was the industry leader for healthcare, life sciences, and state and local business for IBM. And after that, the entrepreneurial bug hit me. So I went to Silicon Valley, did a few startups, and post that, Onyx Health has been my passion for the last three years, and we are rocking it. I love it. So what are you guys up to? What's the place spot you're in? What problem are you solving? Who do you serve as your customers? Yeah, see, the way I look at healthcare, we are purely focused on the healthcare industry at Onyx Health. So if you look at healthcare industry, the evolution of healthcare industry, 1.0 was just when healthcare had paper electronic records. Yeah. Healthcare 2.0 is when everything went electronic. You go to a doctor today or you deal with your payer, with your insurance or whatsoever, you're dealing with them in an electronic fashion. That's just making the system that was 1.0 electronic. I think we are getting into a 3.0 of healthcare, which is all about making that data available in a boundaryless way so that new innovative models can come out. And we are a company that's focused on making that data boundaryless using a new format in healthcare that's really changing the realm of healthcare called FIRE. So that's the space we are in. That's awesome. And how did you get into this space? What's your story of deciding to tackle this problem? Yeah, no, it's a, it's an interesting story. So if you look at, I'm a biomedical engineer by training, so healthcare has always been my passion. So I worked very closely with the medical device companies to start my career with. So when I worked with medical devices, it was all about how do we make the medical device the best medical device, maybe create more patient engagement and so on. And then I worked with health plans and it was all about how do we play, pay claims faster? How do we do better engagement and so on. I also work with providers, the hospital networks, and there it was all about patient care and so on. But I realized that across all of these, none of them talk to each other, though they really don't know what the other person is thinking about. 
And the net of all of that is the patient who's at the center of it is the one that gets squeezed. So the big idea was, what is that one transformational technology that we can build a company on that's going to eventually empower the patient who is the middle of the center point of all the healthcare systems globally? And that was the FIRE standard. So one thing led to another. I used to work closely with a few very senior leaders in IBM. They introduced me to this company, New Wave, which is a federal contractor, very forward-looking thought leader. And they had built the largest fire interoperability platform globally for CMS, supporting 53 million beneficiaries called BlueBudden 2.0. Taking that idea, working with Microsoft to jointly build a product, that seemed like an opportunity too good to pass, and that's how I joined this company. I love it. Yeah. What advice do you have to other entrepreneurs when it comes to growing a company? Obviously, you guys have been doing this for a bit. I'm sure you've figured out tactics, strategies to grow, and any thoughts behind that? Anything you've learned, anything that stands out? No, absolutely. I would say three, three specific things that I would probably advise each of the new entrepreneurs that want to start a business or get into a business or join a business that's already there. The first one is the problem that, the, that you are trying to solve. How real is that problem? If the problem is not real enough, it doesn't matter what you build on it. It's going to be a temporary company that's probably going to survive for a year or two and it'll die. Yeah, that's number one. Find a problem that has enough gravitas where it can touch a billion lives. I would challenge each one of the entrepreneurs. If you can touch a billion lives with your solution, ask yourself it is, if it's worth doing it. So that's number one. Number two is don't try to solve that problem alone. When you start a company, you are a nobody. You are a fly, right? So you will get squished. So join forces with companies or organizations that can propel you to success. Case in point, we built Onyx jointly with Microsoft. So the partnership with Microsoft got us into doors that we would have otherwise never gotten into, right? So that is number two. And three is, don't underestimate the power of the team. Build your team. The first set of people that you bring into the company, they should be equally passionate about what you are trying to do. And they should be people that will work for it even if there was not a single time in it. Difficult to get those kind of people, but if the motivation is there, you will be able to find a team like that. Once you have all these three ducks in a row, the rest of it is magic. That's my experience. Absolutely. I love that. The three great pieces of advice. Love them. So let's move on to uh, talking about marketing. So we're here on a podcast, speaking on a podcast, you're creating content. How does that play into what you're doing? How do you view marketing, content, LinkedIn, all that stuff? The one, one interesting experience that I can share with you is it is, it's again a common experience. It's not the best product that always wins the market. It is the product that actually is most efficient in terms of how it reaches the market and solves the problem faster that really wins the market. The way the analogy that I drive towards how you use LinkedIn and content marketing is think about a jungle. 
if you want to find animals in the jungle you can go on a safari for eight hours and chances are you might have spotted two but anybody who's been to a jungle and really like a photographer or something they always know where to find the animals where they find the animals where the lakes are where the water is because every animal comes to the water so my take on content marketing is you should be the lake of knowledge if you as an organization cannot be the lake of knowledge to whom everybody comes to drink from you have no shot at being successful and for that matter you should ask yourself why are you even in the business if you are not a thought leader in that business so linkedin <clears throat> be it social marketing video marketing whatever it is right that is the lake that is the digital lake today and if we can't create water and we can't walk on that water we have no business to be in business and i think companies that don't do that i'll be surprised if they will ever be in business and maybe i'll close with this on that comment 80 percent of every buyer that comes to you already knows about you before they even have a conversation how do you capture people that have not yet spoken to you that happens only through content marketing so i'm a big believer of create the knowledge base that's the well of the knowledge i love the analogy so if you could have dinner with anyone in the past present or future who would it be and why i would love to go back in history and have dinner with sansu out of war it just blows my mind away that a very small kingdom with just brains and the power that they had could eventually topple one of the greatest empires known to mankind it needs beyond traditional thinking i would love to pick sansu's brain to see what actually made him think the way he thinks because everybody has a thinking but to understand why somebody thinks different compared to everybody else is going to be the key secret sauce that's going to help everybody figure out how they start thinking differently and create change in the lives of people around them i love that amazing answer and for those unfamiliar with the story of why he's famous could you maybe quick tell the story a quick version of what he's known for yeah so the quick version is somewhat like this think about it this way you are the commander of the army and your army doesn't obey you what kind of commander are you so here enters sansu he goes to the king and he says give me your army and i'm going to make them the best army in the world the king laughs at him and says you know what i'm a very small kingdom i get i get so many people trying to do so many things for me so i'll give you a very simple task i'll give you the courtesans that are in my in my palace can you make an army out of them if you can make an army out of them and if you can even make them obey you i'll give you the army and make you the commander so what the guy does is he says okay all the courtesans stand in a line three lines and the drums roll and he says here is the instruction <clears throat> when i say whatever it was right so i'll just make this up so he says all the three of you 
three lines of courtesans that are standing there. Each one of you, at the stop of the drum, you are going to stand still or salute or whatever it was. And the drum stops and everybody is giggling. <laughs> and the king is laughing and he's, this guy is never going to get it. He says, okay, we're going to try this again. So the second time he does the same thing, the instructions were clear, same thing happens. The third time, the same thing happens. And Sansu says, chop the heads of all the three people that are standing in the front because they were leaders. And there goes three heads. And the third time, I think it happens for the second time or the third time, I don't quite recall. But essentially the moral of the story is, he says, the first time when I gave the instruction, maybe you were not ready. Second time, maybe it was not clear. But the third time, you had a shot. You didn't take it. So we need to build leaders. And to build leaders, this is how you build leaders. And now he turns to the king and he says, this army is ready to go to war. You give them a command, it's going to happen. So again, just the thinking. It's just amazing. Every single book, every single page of that book has a story there. So there are so many, but hopefully this little snippet gives you an insight as to what attracted me to that story. Absolutely. Very interesting. Yeah. All right. A couple last questions. So if you could go back in time and give your younger self a piece of advice, what would it be? I would say, again, three things. <clears throat> One, don't underestimate the power of a team. You really need to build a strong team in which you can pretty much rely everything on. If you don't have the confidence within the team where you can say, if they ask me to jump from 10th floor, I'm going to jump because I know my team's got my back. Maybe they have a net there or something, right? So if you don't have that confidence in the team, you have not built a team strong enough. So that's point one. Point two, I would say, which is very underrated and where majority of the entrepreneurs struggle is the sense of urgency. How do you create a sense of urgency? That is moving the needle much faster than the industry. I go back to Jack Welch's saying, the rate of change in your organization should be 10x the rate of change in the market so that you can lead the market. Create a sense of urgency because if you give a team six months, they'll take six months to do it. You take a six-month task and say six days we got to do it, you will be surprised. Something does happen in six days. So that is number two. And the last thing I would say is essentially collaboration. Don't go out there and do it all alone. Don't try to boil the ocean yourself. You will work yourself to death. Get people that can collaborate with you, create a think tank, get an advisory board, get people, create alliances, channel partnerships. That's the way to go. I love that. And any closing remarks or advice for your industry as a whole or anyone out there listening today? I would say from an industry standpoint, I think we have tolerated the healthcare system to a large extent with its own inefficiencies and whatnot. But I don't think we can expect our kids or our grandkids to go to a go to a physician with a CD of their MRI or of their X-rays or something. That's never going to happen. So 
healthcare is bound to see transformational change. Whether you as an executive are ready for it or not is the real question. Even if you are not ready, the change is going to hit you. So my only advice or request of the executives in the healthcare industry is change before you have to. That's what I would leave you on that. Absolutely. Hey, thanks so much for joining the podcast and sharing all your wisdom and insights today. It's much appreciated. Brad, thank you for having me. Always excited about sharing whatever I have learned with your listeners and whoever else that can benefit from it. Again, truly grateful that you had me on your podcast. Thank you. Absolutely.